Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. My dear friends, today's guest is one of the world's leading young thought leaders. Coot Blackson is with us today for the third time. He was born in Ghana of a Ghanaian father and a Japanese mother, which is actually an amazing and a beautiful story all by itself. He's been a public speaker since he was eight years old when he first spoke in front of 3,000 people in his father's church. And I love his second book. It's called The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. Coot Blackson received the 2019 Walden Award in the New Thought Wisdom category that the Unity Organization awards once a year to recognize socially conscious leaders who are making the world a better place. Oprah Winfrey has received that award, and our guest today also has received it as well. Coot Blackson is now an inspirational speaker who teaches authentic leadership and empowerment, and he says his mission is a simple one. He wants to awaken and inspire people all across the planet to access their inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. Coot, welcome. I'm so happy to have you back with us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. One of the things I love about talking with you is that you say some things that seem, you know, counterintuitive at first, but then when you explain them, they always make perfect sense. And I love that. I love that little twist in some of the things you say. If, for, for example, you say surrender is the most powerful thing you can do. And that always kind of amazes me. <laughs> yes. Talk about that. Yeah, look, I think in our culture, there's a misconception about surrender that we have. This, this misunderstanding that, or a myth that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender means giving up, that surrender means doing nothing, that if you surrender, you're going to be a doormat, you're going to be left behind, that if you surrender, you won't manifest your goals, dreams, and desires, that you're going to get less in life. And I'm actually saying, no, if you really understand the real essence and the real meaning of true surrender, what if you didn't get less, but you got you got more? And so, yes, to me, surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do if we want to live a life of true abundance and unlimitedness and possibilities. Because so often we don't realize that we are, as human beings, we are creating and deciding and choosing goals, dreams, and desires, often from the level of the mind, the mind which is conditioned, conditioned by past experiences, pains, hurts, trauma, childhood. And now we project that into the future, deciding what we want to do and what we want to achieve and what our dreams and goals are. But often we sometimes manifest goals, dreams, and desires only to realize that what we thought we wanted is not what we really wanted. It's just what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we were and what we were prior to maybe waking up and questioning and healing is we're we're conditioned. And so living a life from the standpoint of the ego or the mind, or just the the limitation of the personality and pure willpower 
Yes, you can create that way, but it will often be limiting in some way. It can lead to a good life, but I believe that it, it doesn't lead to a a miraculous life, a great life. Like if you look at Gandhi, and if you look at the the amazing folks, Gandhi, Jesus, Buddha, Mother Teresa, Mandela, Bob Marley, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, Martin Luther King, at some point, for those that might think that surrender is weak and passive, at some point, these very powerful individuals, they have to surrender themselves. They surrender themselves to life, to the divine, to the universe, to the infinite intelligence, to their soul, to that deeper truth that was seeking to express through them. They surrendered themselves. And in that surrender, they were able to transcend their human limitations and get themselves out of the way. And that's when life manifested through them. That's when life expressed through them. That's when life use them and perhaps move them in directions that they were not even able to imagine for themselves. And that's why I say surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do because we start to transcend ourselves and we become open to infinite possibilities, not just the possibilities that we're able to conceive with the limitation or from the limitation of our minds. And so the old paradigm is is really about, and if you look at many self-help books and spiritual books, all of which I love, and there, there's certain developmental levels that we all go through as human beings, but many of them are very focused on what do you want? Get clear on what you want. Know what you want. Write it down. Yes, but we don't necessarily ask, right? Well, who, who is the I that is wanting? And why do we want what we want? And, and, and so to me, when we're truly living this idea of surrender, it's not about what do I want, the limited I that is the ego structure that is conditioned from the past. Whatever you create from ego is still limited to the prior experience. When you create from the dimension of the idea of surrender, you are asking a different question. And that question becomes, what is it that life is seeking to express through me? What is it that the universe is seeking to express through me? What is it that this infinite intelligence, consciousness, the divine, my soul, the deepest impulse inside of me, what is this life force energy consciousness seeking to express through me, create through me, podcast through me, manifest through me, write through me? And then we, our job, if anything, is to kind of listen and become still and listen and become available to this deeper unconditioned inspiration and then when we can catch that vision align ourselves with that then we can bring our ego our personality our mind our logic our goal setting our resources our money our strategy our planning to support the fulfillment of the authentic impulse and intention of life and so surrender is a letting go of control or the illusion that we're in control surrender is when we stop trying to force and manipulate life to fit our limited idea of how we think it should be. It is when you take the limitations off of life and you are available and open to allowing life in its infinite intelligence, in its unlimitedness, life to lead you. And that's, I believe, when life starts to reveal itself to you in ways that you cannot imagine. And often in surrendering, things work out and unfold in not only ways that you cannot imagine, but better than you can imagine. It doesn't mean you sit there on the couch and do nothing. It means you tap into the vision. You catch the vision. You feel the authentic impulse. 
then you catch that wave and you go into action. But what you are acting on is not just what you think you should be doing based on ego, but you're living in alignment with your soul. And then you work, then you give a hundred percent. But when you go into action, and here's the key, when you go into action, you go into action without attachment to the outcome. It's the attachment to the outcome that we're working towards that we think should be happening that often limits our expression, limits the universe. We're putting limitations on life and we're not truly open and available. So part of surrender is openness and availability. Wow. <laughs> that blows me away. <laughs> Whenever you talk, you always blow me away. But that's so that's the whole point that you aren't in control and you're acknowledging that fact. So you're saying, God, use me. Yes, that's the most powerful prayer right there, Roberta. Use me. You Like when we when we say, okay, here's the thing. If people want to really manifest, because oh, I want to manifest this car, and then we write, or I want to manifest <laughs> this soulmate, right? For those, I want to manifest my soulmate. Okay, you got to... And, and, and you better be blonde, right? Yeah, and you better be blonde and blue eyes and <laughs> better have gone to right. Harvard and they got to be six foot three. Right. But if they're five foot one, they might be amazing person. Five foot ten, they might be amazing person, <laughs> but I can't be with them. And they got to speak Japanese and they got to live in, you know, Austin. Because they can't live in California. So we don't realize that oh. in our goal setting and strategy and creating of our ideal scene, sometimes, especially when we're in our ego mind, we don't realize that we are putting limitations on the universe because we're creating ideas from the level of our conditioning. And whatever we create from the level of our conditioning will be limited. Does that mean we should not set goals? No, we can set goals. We can write down a vision board, but I'm saying don't. Get attached to what you write. Don't get attached to your goals. Don't get so attached to how you think life should be and how you think the person should be. Don't let your ideal scene get in the way of the miraculous, infinite intelligence of the universe because life is bigger than your mind. Life is bigger than your projection. Life is bigger than what you can imagine for yourself. Look at Mandela. I'm sure Mandela didn't imagine he was going to spend 27 years in prison and that was going to be his path. But what if he didn't? Maybe it took 27 years in prison for Mandela to marinate, to become the person, to develop the consciousness, to cultivate the soul force, to become the powerful soul and being that we know of as Mandela so that he could come out and fulfill his vision. And so, yes, so the highest prayer, I think, is not this, that, this, that. You can write it right. down, but don't get attached. To me, the highest prayer is this. When you say, okay, universe, this is what I'm sensing to the best of my capacity. I would love this. And I would say, if you're going to you know, set goals, focus on the feeling that you want to experience, let's say, in a relationship. I want to feel this. In a, I want to feel love and joy and bliss and ecstasy and, you know, respect and support it. Don't just focus on blonde, brunette, you know, height, you know, location. Focus right. on the feeling that you want to feel without limiting the details because life is bigger than your capacity to imagine. Then always say, universe, I would love this or something better. The universe, I ask for the highest good to unfold. That is surrender. When you surrender to the highest good, you are not putting limitations on, it's got to be this. You are open-hearted, open-minded, open-bodied, open soul saying, I 
am completely open to the miracles, to the unlimited, infinite possibilities of life. I'm not putting any limitations of life, this or something better. Then you can trust that you are not getting in the way and then you can trust what unfolds. If you give everything and you do your part, what unfolds will likely be the best thing for you, for your soul's evolution, even if you don't get what you want, even if it's not what you thought it was going to be. Because many times when things don't go according to plan, from the ego's perspective, remember the ego is the perceived sense of what we believe ourselves to be that is conditioned from past experiences. So when we are locked in ego, we are looking through a very limited lens we're looking at life and reality and what is happening through a very limited perspective. We're not able to see the infinite possibilities and unfolding of life. And so when things don't work out, it can seem like the worst thing from the level of the ego, but from the level of the soul, it's the best thing. And many yes. times only in retrospect, when we look back five years later, three years later, two years later, do we understand why that needed to not happen, why that needed to not be that way, why that needed to not manifest. And so it wasn't a failure. It wasn't a breakdown. There was the universe was working something better for our highest good that we weren't able to see. So here's the key, the code, the code to surrender manifestation, unlimited manifestation, universe, this or something better for my highest good, for my highest good. And then you mentioned the key code as well. When you simply say, universe, use me. I am open to being used by life. That's when you tap into, that's when you transcend yourself and you tap into, you go beyond your ego. You go beyond your limitations. You go beyond your own personality stuff and you become receptive and open to life using you. And in that, that is a level of surrender. In that surrender, what life can do through you and in you and as you, is always more than you can do on your own. I think that the one, the people we most admire, the people that we most love, and you named some of them, you gave a whole list of names. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who said, you know, God or universe, use me. I want to be used by mm-hmm. you. I, I, I'm, I'm sure you. I'm sure that's what you pray. Yes, that's yes. certainly what I pray. Yes, and, and yes, that's yes. then you know true joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the that's the only prayer worth praying, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because we cannot imagine what what possibilities there are when mm-hmm. we pray that prayer. Our mm-hmm. our our wishes are much too small. Yes. Small, yeah. We 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 we, put, we don't realize we're putting limitations on the universe. You know, I yes. always tell people, who brought you into existence? Did 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 did, did we bring ourselves here? No, no. We we showed up here, and intelligence brought us here. This is same intelligence that is breathing you and I. It's breathing Roberta. It's breathing Kud. It's breathing Sam. It's breathing the same intelligence and in life breath is breathing. 8 billion people is the same intelligence that is digesting your food, is, is, is processing and moving trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of cells inside of us to interact, to even be able to have this conversation. And if this intelligence, life force intelligence brought us into this existence and is functioning all of existence, I invite us to think, does this intelligence not know how to manifest our life? Does this intelligence 
Surely it knows what we need in a relationship if we're open. You know, surely it knows what we need in life. And so I think part of the key and the secret is to surrender and get oneself out of the way and live in that openness and that trust. Because when we are in that openness and trust, we're available and we are receptive for life to flow through. And many times out of fear, we contract and we close and we don't realize that we are limiting and getting in the way of life. You see, it's the ego that resists surrender. It's the ego that blocks the flow. It's the ego that tries to control. Just to define, the ego is, and we all have an ego. Ego is simply the vehicle that we use to navigate and, and that consciousness uses to navigate and function in this human experience. The issue is not necessarily the ego. The issue is our relationship to the ego. And most of us, 99.9% of us, until we start questioning and wake up, are living inside of a, of a over-identified prison of ego, thinking the ego is who we are, but it's not. The ego is that which we believe ourselves to be based on past experience, name, form, trauma, you know, memories, childhood experiences, et cetera, et cetera, that we hold onto, identify as, and we say, this is me. We mistakenly have believed that ego is who we are, but ego is not what we are because ego is not a thing. Ego is a process, not a thing. Like a bicycle is a, is a thing. Pedaling is a process. But when we, the degree to which we have been conditioned to believe we are the ego, my beliefs, my thoughts, my body, my name, my identity, my image, my title is the degree to which we are limited and the degree to which we will often resist surrender because the ego's job, if we can just even understand the nature of something, it begins to free us. The ego's job is to twofold, to protect you, to protect you from getting hurt, to ensure that you don't get hurt again. So the ego is a set pattern of conditioning in response to certain things that occurred in childhood. And now the ego gets created like I will never get hurt again. Ego is a survival defense mechanism to try to protect you in a very limited way. And we still end up doing that, not just at age five, but age 10, age 15, age 25, age 30. And so the ego's job is to protect you from getting hurt, or so it thinks, and to reinforce its existence. So one of the ways ego does that is ego thinks if I, if, if I can control, if I can understand everything, if I can figure out everything, if I can control everything and everyone around me, and if I can control and manipulate life to be a certain way, then I won't get hurt again. And I won't have to feel those feelings that I felt when I was a child. I won't have to feel that helpless. I won't have to feel that abandoned. I won't have to feel that pain if I can just control life to be a certain way. But in doing that, we end up controlled and feeling so much stress. And so when we understand this, I think it starts to, to free us. So it's ego that resists surrender. And so for the ego, surrender, and this is why surrender feels hard. I like to say surrender really isn't hard. Surrender is our natural state of being. It is what our, what we were naturally incarnated into this human experience as. It's, it's effortless. It's natural. It's the way of life. However, we've been conditioned from childhood and out of conditioning to avoid pain, to get love, validation, and approval. We've become this ego-identified persona, developed a role, a mask, and persona, and erected all sorts of walls 
around our heart and feeling capacity to control and not feel pain. So for the ego, surrender, trusting, letting go feels like a death. And that's why we resist. So the ego doesn't want to change. The ego doesn't want to surrender. The ego doesn't want to question. The ego doesn't want to change. The ego wants everyone else to change, but it doesn't want to change. But when we can realize I'm not the ego, the ego is a set pattern of condition, ideas, beliefs, responses. It's not what I am. What I am is an infinite consciousness, an infinite beingness beyond birth, beyond death. And the more we can step back and sort of unravel the layers of condition mean based on believing we are this ego structure, the freer we get, then we become more free to question our belief systems, our identities, and let those go so that we can tap into the innate freedom of being, the innate nature, the true essence of what we are. A child is fully surrendered. A child will jump on a table and sing and shout and pee and cry. Doesn't care. It will run yes. naked through the, you know, through the living room. It doesn't care. Do I have some cellulite? You know, it's just a child is just being so free because they weren't so egoic. They weren't so identified. They, they, they live in that openness of curiosity and availability. They're not living in ego. So we were all in touch with that once. It is our surrender is natural. It is our true nature. We've just been conditioned. And so if we can recognize that, we don't have to, here's the thing. We don't have to force ourselves to surrender. Like surrender now because ego resists. It's a self-protective mechanism. The resistance is a, has a positive intention. It's just survival. We have to learn to understand we are not those patterns. We are not the ego. We are not those reactions. And we have to learn to just start meeting the ego what we previously believed of as me to start meeting it with love and compassion. And then the fear and then the ego and then the reactivity and then those patterns can begin to relax and, and let go and surrender begins blossoming because surrender is our natural state. Surrender is our natural state. That's a big statement. Mm. Really? Really? Yes. Is that true? Yes. It's our natural state. Look at the child. Child is surrendered. Well, that's a very good point. I never thought of it that a way. A child is surrendered. They're, they're just being. A we, we incarnate into this human experience. We're surrendered. We walk up to people. We hug them. We run naked down the street and or on the lawn <laughs> until our dad or mom says, oh, that's not okay. You know, we will sing at the top of our lungs. We're just surrendered. We'll cry when we feel like we're totally in the moment. We're not pre-framing. Oh. Uh, projecting into the future oh roberta comes over and i'm like six months old and she's a bad person she's a good person we just giggle and give roberta a big hug like we're just being surrendered oh until we start getting conditioned so oh, surrender wow. was our natural it's a natural state of being we just got conditioned out of it you know and so it's true to me, that's, it's really true yes that's that's the freedom that's the freedom of being. Surrender is hardwired even into the physiology. Look at this. Look at this. You breathe in, everyone, and you breathe out. I don't care if you're the greatest breath expert, <laughs> Wim Hof, on the planet, right? Nobody just breathes in, breathes in, breathes in. At some point, <laughs> you've got to breathe out. You know, not even the Buddha can just breathe it. Like, you breathe, like, like, like the life is reminding us. <laughs> that the nature of existence is surrender. It's in your body. You breathe in, 
and you exhale, surrender, let go, breathe out. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a daily meditation reminder of the nature of existence. Breathe in, breathe out, surrender. Life is the process of surrender, <laughs> whether we like it or not. You don't even have to believe in any of it. You don't have to be spiritual. Life is the process of surrender. Why? We're born. We begin to age. At some point, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, the body changes. Our hair turns white. We start getting wrinkles. You know, things start kind of going a bit sideways some, <laughs> right. somewhat, even if we do the best Fall we can, apart. right? Right, right. falling apart. To the, even if we take care of ourselves, we can't necessarily do what we did when we were like 15. And so this is the process of surrender. We can surrender now. We can surrender when we're 50. We can surrender when we're 80. But we will all die. We will all die. And in that moment, we will have to surrender. And so I believe you can surrender now or then, but the more you surrender while you are alive, surrender and let go, surrender and allow, surrender to that which is living everything, to your soul, then I believe the more you will truly be alive. And those that might believe, well, you can't live that way. So No, no, uh, uh, okay. Let's take this conversation, Roberta, out of spiritual context. Because some people might say, oh, surrender, you know, it's for those holy ones. It's for Eckhart Tolle and Kud and Deepak and it's for Roberta. It's, it's not for me. I'm just living life. Or, or, or folks that may have zero interest in spirituality. I will prove in this moment right now why I'm so passionate about surrender and why I believe that surrender is the key to life. Are you ready, folks? Here's the deal. I don't care if you're not spiritual. You can you can forward this podcast with Roberta to the most unspiritual person, and they will have to agree that surrender is the key to bliss and happiness. Everyone right now, think about your most blissful sexual experience. Your most blissful sexual orgasmic experience. Now, we've all had those moments of rapture with our lover, with our husband, wife, loved one. We've all had those blissful moments. I'm sure a few of us have had not so blissful moments, but if you imagine your most <laughs> blissful moment of just like you were there with your lover, kissing and loving and loving and loving, and you were kind of merging into one and the orgasmic ecstasy, just everyone just imagine the conversation. I, I think folks didn't imagine that today's podcast was going to get a little hot today, right? So imagine... <laughs> The episode, right? Imagine the episode. Imagine that I'm moment. Put a rating on this one. <laughs> You're going to get a real, you know, boost on this this uh, episode, Roberta. So everyone, imagine your so. most blissful sexual. Seriously, imagine the most blissful sexual encounter. <laughs> if you think about this, you don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to be into yoga. You don't have to believe in surrender. But if you think about what made it blissful, what made it ecstatic. What made it so, so, so like just enjoyable? Did you come to the sexual experience with a manual, with a business plan, with your partner? <laughs> a 12, a 14 page business plan of my sexual, you know, encounter tonight. <laughs> and you said to your lover, okay, honey, we're going to have sex tonight at exactly 7.02 PM. And then, <laughs> 
uh, exactly at 90 degrees on the bed, you're going to lie down. Then <laughs> in about 12 seconds later, you're going to take off your clothes. Then you're going to move about 14 millimeters to the right. I'm going to kiss you on the cheek. And then here's the 74 steps of what exactly <laughs> will happen over the next two hours. Did that happen? Hell no. Because if that was the case, we would be freaking miserable. So all I'm trying to say, folks, is why was the sexual encounter? And, and the reason I'm using this analogy is because it's not a spiritual one. It's just a human experience. It was so blissful because we let go of control. We weren't thinking. We weren't planning. We weren't strategizing. We weren't manipulating our partner. We were open. We were flowing. We, we didn't know. We were surrendering. Yes. <laughs> we didn't right. know what was going to happen the next moment. We were following the energy of our partner, and then we got into sync with our partner, and we were flowing, and we were we were kind of not in our mind. We got out of our way. We felt like in oneness, and it was blissful because because we were surrendered. And if lovemaking is blissful. It's because of that. Whether you identified it as that or not, that's the reason. Because if you made love with someone who had a 100-page business plan of every minute of this experience, it would be hell. It would be hell. So what if you lived life like that? Life-making as love-making, as life-making. What if you lived life that way, surrendered to the universe, to life, embracing the unknown? Doesn't mean you can't have a sense or make a plan or have a goal, but not be attached to it and allow life to show you, allow life to reveal itself to you, allow life to guide you. That's the possibility of surrender. It's ecstatic living. Oh, you've certainly made that point. <laughs> this is a very, oh, a very good point. And when I read over my notes again, I mean, we hadn't mm. talked in, I guess, six or eight months. Um mm. How are people receiving your book? Because I think your book is absolutely wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, people are loving the book. It became a bestseller the first week. We sold you know, like 20,000 copies the first week that it came out, and people have been loving it. And, and I believe that the message of surrender is timeless. As long as humans are going to be in existence, as long as life is here and humans are in life, Surrender will be a timeless topic that we will need to learn and understand because life is the process of surrender itself. And every experience that we go through is conspiring to support us and help us and invite us to surrender. And so people have been loving it, especially when they understand what true surrender is, that it's not weak, it's not passive, it's not giving up, it's not running away from life. It's not, you know, it's like surrender is not, this is one thing I want to make clear. Surrender is not an abdication of responsibility. And I want to make this part clear. Let me repeat. Surrender is not an abdication of responsibility. Oh, I'm going to just, you know, go with the flow of what I feel. I'm just flowing. So I don't mm. feel like it. So I'm not going to do it. No, sometimes surrender is profound responsibility. It means showing up. It means acknowledging your deepest truth. It means doing what, what is in integrity, even if it's hard, even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't want to. Like I never felt Roberta, I never felt like sitting down one time and writing my book. I didn't feel like it. I don't like writing that much. <laughs> but if I just followed the flow, then I would never have sat down. I would have been out, outdoors, running around, enjoying myself, going for hikes, you know, 
taking vacations, surrender is a, requires a discipline. Surrender is a willingness to, to, to surrender and commit to the deeper commitment that you have beyond the current mood of the moment. So, 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 so when people say, I'm just going to surrender to the flow, do whatever I want. That's called laziness. I'm just going to surrender, yeah. I'm just going to surrender the flow and, you know, eat the third tub of Hagen dazs That's lack of discipline. You know, I'm just going to surrender and just smoke pot all day. That's not surrender to the flow. That is just being run and being a slave to your conditioning. Sometimes surrender means saying no. Sometimes surrender means doing what you don't feel like it because you're committed to a purpose that is bigger than yourself. So surrender does require a deeper responsibility. You look at Mandela, you look at Gandhi, you look at Martin Luther King. I'm sure there were things that Martin Luther King didn't feel like doing, wasn't in the mood to doing, but he did because he was surrendered to a deeper purpose. And so that's what I really want people to get. That's what I want people to get. Like, what is that? What is it that you need to truly surrender to? Because the next level of your life requires the next level of you. And the next level of you requires that you let go of that which is no longer a vibrational match, that which is no longer aligned. But often we hold on to that which is no longer aligned as a, shall we say, as a you know, self-protective mechanism out of comfort, familiarity, safety. But when you let go and you surrender, you make space for more. But when you hold on to what's not aligned, you simply block your blessing. You can't manifest the new being the old version of yourself. And so uh, I just want people to get that surrender isn't just some passive thing. It's an active thing. It's a practice. It's an invitation. It's a, it's a, it's a discipline. It's a responsibility. It's an understanding that you don't know the right thing. I mean, you, you're, it's, it, it's, mm. to me, it's saying, you know, use me, God, use me, universe, or whatever your understanding of the higher power is, use me, mm. whatever, yeah. which is, which is, I'm sure what Martin Luther King said. I'm sure mm. all of the greatest, mm. you know, Gandhi said mm. um, that they, they didn't know what needed to be done, that Mother Teresa said they didn't know what needed to be done, but they were the one, ones who were willing to do it. Yes, yes. They were the ones that were willing to be used. They were the ones that were willing to surrender and say, yes, I feel the calling. I'm being guided. See, to truly surrender, one of the things we have to give up is the need to know. That's the need right. To, the need to know. Said, you have always... to give up the need to know. Yes, I don't know yes. where the next step is, but I will take that step. Whatever That's it is. That's true surrender, giving up the need to know. And your ability to surrender and dance in the unknown is the degree to which you will experience freedom in your life. The challenge is the ego. We talked about this ego thing earlier. The ego yes. is constantly seeking to know and understand everything. Right. And the reason the ego is seeking to understand everything is the, is the ego thinks, if I can understand everything, then I can control everything, and then I won't get hurt again. And so yes. control and understanding is the ego's way of control to try to keep you safe. It's just very limiting because when we feel guided, when we feel this inspiration, when we feel this, this impulse, then we go, well, what does this mean? How do <laughs> right. I do it? And then we, right. then we start talking ourselves out of it. And so here's what I'll say. I don't think we talked about this last time. But there is a difference between fake surrender and real surrender. 
fake surrender, folks. Here's the, here's the distinction. Sometimes we think we're really surrendering, but we're not. It's fake surrender. When we say, okay, I, I know I need to go here. I know I need to do this. I know I need to like end this relationship. But you know, you've got to let it go in order for it to come back to you. So I'll let it go. So then when we surrender in quotation marks and we let go, we're letting go with attachment. We're letting go as a, with a condition. If I let this go, he'll come back to me. If I let this go, it will, I'll get the outcome. We're letting go with a condition. And so we're still projecting into the future an idea based on ego identity and who we are today. Still limited. True surrender is when you say, I feel this calling. I feel this impulse. I feel this guidance. I feel it. It's undeniable. I don't know why. I don't need to understand why. And I don't know where it's going to lead me. I'm not going to project into the future as to where I think it will take me. I'm not going to project because whatever we project into the future as an outcome is still being projected from the conditioned ego mind today. And so now when we project into the future, what we, an outcome that we think is going to happen, it is still going to be limited to our ego personality in some way. But when we say, I feel surrender, this is the direction. I'm going to live in the openness and the unknown possibility. I'm not going to project in the future. Now we are truly open without putting limitations on the manifestation that can happen. And now the manifestation that can happen is not limited to any projection of our ego consciousness, our ego awareness. That's true surrender. So it will sound like I'm guided to go here. I'm guided to do this. And I have no idea what will happen. I have no yes. idea what will happen. Now, now you are in the zone of infinite possibilities and miracles. That's where the magic is. So what I would encourage people is, if you go through life, many times on the journey of life, things won't go according to plan. Things may not work out. Resist the temptation to make up a meaning about what that means. Oh, it means this. Oh, it means they don't like me. Oh, it means God doesn't love me. Oh, it means this is my karma. Oh, it means... So when something <laughs> happens, resist projecting a meaning onto it. Because the meaning we tend to project onto something is still being generated by the ego. And the ego is conditioned. And now we're limiting life. So when something happens or doesn't happen, be willing to not know what something means. That doesn't mean be passive. It just means be willing to step... Step back, breathe, relax. Open your heart, open your body, and stay open. And here's the key quality. Cultivate curiosity. Curiosity is a key quality of surrender. What could this mean? What could this mean? What, what more amazing thing is seeking to happen? What is the universe seeking to unfold? How is the universe working from highest growth? And get curious without like, oh, this is what it means. The, the reason we are so quick to project the meaning interpretation onto experience is the ego is looking for a constant sense of certainty as a way to reinforce itself. This is what this is. This is what this is. This is what this isn't. It's survival. So when you can stand or sit in the openness of, I don't know what this means, but I'm, a, I'm open and I'm available to finding out, then the intelligence of life can arise. Then the intelligence of life can reveal itself and show itself to you, not from your mind, 
but from the very source of existence itself. Wow, so powerfully said. This is a truly wonderful book, and it's just out now in paperback, right? Yes, it's come out uh, some months ago on paperback, available on Amazon. Yes. And I, I really recommend it. I mean, I think it's it it sort of inspires you to go right out there and <laughs> and, 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 and surrender. <laughs> yes. Surrender your life. So many people will ask me how mm. they can serve. Mm. And th- it, if you want to know how to serve, go out there and surrender and say, yes. I want to serve. I mean, if you may be surprised what you what you find, you know, to, there is something calling. If you if you're trying to serve, then there's something calling to you and let mm. yourself be used. Yes. I mean, that's all I ever did. I just said, hey, God, here I am. And I did yeah. that, what, 20, 2009? How that's 15 years ago? Mm. You never know. Yeah, many of us, you know, we have this, oh, I want to serve. I want to live my purpose. I want to make a difference. How can I serve? How can I serve? What the, the, the challenges we sometimes have, again, when we in our condition, in your mind, we have so many ideas about how we think we should be serving. And those ideas about how we think we should be serving getting the way of us serving now. That's right. Perfectly so you keep saying these one-liners I want to write down. I think I should be doing this to serve. No, no, I think I should be writing a book. I think I should be a podcast. I think I should be a guest. And maybe the way you're meant to serve is just like, be a good person. Maybe the way you're meant to serve is, 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 I, I tell people, if you really want to serve, just simply stop waiting for anything to be different. And simply respond to the need in the moment. No, but I got to do this big thing and save the whales <laughs> and save four million children. But you haven't even helped one child in your town. Oh, but you didn't yes. even you didn't even help that. You know, the, I, I give an example. Many years ago, Roberta, when I was twenty years ago or so, when I was completely broke, had no money. I had all of this vision to serve. I wanted to serve millions of people. I wanted to inspire people. Roberta, it was, I'd wake up every day with a burning, burning fire in my soul, like a soul heartburn. I want to serve. I want to serve. And I, and I had no money. So I'd sit, I'd sit on the park bench uh, off of Beverly and Fairfax in Los Angeles, for those that know LA, by a place called Airwarm. There was a park there. And I would sit there like, God, please use me. God, use me. How can I serve? You know, for hours, just praying in agony. Like, how can I serve? I want to be in service. Serve. I want to serve. I want to serve at bigger levels. And every, you know, when, when I opened my eyes out of this sort of agonizing prayer, I looked over and I saw that there was this elderly woman. She must have been like, I don't know, almost 90 years old, tiny little woman, Russian Jewish woman. She would be walking to the market every day. Every day I saw her for three months. Here I am praying, God, how can I serve? And, and she would be struggling and falling down, tripping over herself, trying to carry groceries. But God, how can I serve? And one day, one day I, I just heard this voice like, Hoot, you are full of yourself. Hoot, you are full of it. You're sitting around asking how you can serve when right in front of you is an opportunity to be of service to this elderly beautiful human and here you are sitting here how you, how can you be how, how can i be of service when the opportunity is right there in front of you and you're not seizing it and i got i really understood how can i serve 10 when i'm not serving one how can i serve a hundred 
when I'm not serving 10? How do I serve a thousand when I'm not serving a hundred? How can I serve a million when I'm not serving a hundred thousand? So if you want to serve, serve. Don't wait for life to be any other way. Start where you are with what you have exactly as you are. Surrender to this moment now and just show up and be of service. It may not be how you want it to be. It may not be how you think it should be. It doesn't matter. You're being of service. And when you are of service, when you're truly showing up, responding to the need, being of service, you're going to grow. You're going to develop. You're going to bring yourself into the flow. You're going to grow and expand and evolve. And when you grow, expand, and evolve, you're going to develop the spiritual, mental, emotional, psychological muscle. And as you develop that muscle to lift five pounds of a dumbbell of service, then you're able to lift 10 pounds. Then you're able to lift 30 pounds. Then you're able to lift 50 pounds. Many of us, we want to, we want to lift 100 pounds, but we have a lift of 10. So start where you are with what you have. If you want to serve, serve now. Oh, that's so beautifully said. I'm so sorry we've come to the end of our time, but we're going to have Coot back again because every time he comes and talks with us, he says something even more magnificent. Thank you so much for being with us today, Coot. I so enjoy talking with you. Thank you so much. Uh, I love to share my website with folks if if that's okay. Yes, cootblackson.com. Um, and it, but anything else you'd like to, to share? Yes, I would love. I would love to. Yeah, definitely, folks, get the book, The Magic of Surrender on Paperback. As Roberta said, my, my website, cootblackson.com. And depending on people are listening to this conversation, uh, if you're inspired, I'm doing a very, very, very special event. Uh, for those of you that might be ready to go to your next level of surrender and live your purpose and unravel layers of your conditioning and connect to your true authentic selves and share that with the world. Uh, it's a special 12 day event in Bali called boundless bliss, Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com. It's July the 28th through August the 8th. Uh, this is my last year doing the event. I've done 20 of these events in the last 10 years. It's truly life changing. Uh, people can also find me on Instagram, Coop Blackson, uh, Facebook, Coop Love Now. And my podcast, Soul Talk. And of course, that's in 2023. That's when we're doing this. Yes, 2023. Uh, big hug, my dear friend. Big hug. Much love. And again, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you could be with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you get that, it changes everything in our life for the better. Our guest next week will be John R. Audette, who will be with us for the third time. Although his two previous episodes were in Seek Reality's very first year, which was almost 10 years ago. This is our 10th year, believe it or not. John has written a thoughtful and beautiful book in which he explores something I'm learning now as well. Namely, the fact that, it is that as we age, we become more and more spiritual beings, having more and more profoundly spiritual experiences because the veil between worlds is thinning so much. The result in my case is, is as you know, that I've been having these ex- amazing experiences of, of coming to actually know the risen Christ and I mean, I mean, literally in person. In John's case, it's his new book just out entitled Love by the Light. Please be sure to join us next week. And this week, we've been talking with Coot Blackson, who has been with us for the third time as well. Coot is a young 
public intellectual for the 21st century. That's how I think of him. And I think I think you'd agree. He's been speaking in public since he was a child. And his second book, which is, I think, magnificent, is called The Magic of Surrender. And it's just out, out in paperback. Everyone can afford it. And I think everyone should be reading it. Uh, I don't know what more we can say, but as you can hear, he is a magnificent speaker. So if, you, if you've always wanted to go to Bali, now's the time. Coot is someone who I think, foremost in the world almost, is a, is a deep thinker, a beautiful speaker, and he's quietly making the world a better place. And now, of course, it's time once again to mention that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things death and the afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself that your own reality really is eternal. And teachingsbyjesus.com, brand new, is your single resource for all the beautiful divine truths that are brought to us in perfect love by the greatest teacher who ever lived, Master Jesus, the eternally risen Christ. Now it really is Jesus's turn. As Christianity, the religion, dies at last, the genuine teachings of Jesus can finally come alive. Teachingsbyjesus.com is the Lord's own entirely religion-free website, made by him for him in perfect love for you. And we're almost out of time, so I'm just going to want to say, say if you want to talk about anything at all with me or you know just if you want to if you want to vent you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com i answer every email just i can't do it if you give me a wrong email address so make sure please that you give me your correct address past episodes of seek reality are available wherever podcasts are found and many people tell me they just listen each week through the seek reality app you can find for free wherever free apps are available and meanwhile this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you in particular in this entire universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.